Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. All right, everybody. Another episode of Never Stop Getting It podcast, shorthanded again. But we're going to dive into this. John and I are here, so let's do this. John, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing great. Uh, can't believe we're we're here again doing a podcast without uh, our, our buddy Scott. So this is a episode sans Scott, but we're gonna make do until he you know he gets back and and then we'll, then the three amigos will be back again for another episode very shortly. Is it the three amigos or three musketeers? Uh, three amigos. All right. Well, we're gonna do this for for Scott. We're gonna do our. Our, our, our ritual, our nip ritual for Here Scott. We go. But we're not we, doing we, fireball. Not today. All right, Scott, we miss you. To Scott. Ah, that was good. Now I'm set. Ready. Let's Ready do this. Go? Absolutely. All right, so we've got some uh, important topics we're going to hit on. Is uh, we got the sports, of course. A lot of happening in Boston sports. And then there's a... A little surprise too. So let's dive into this. So John, we have the Patriots draft. What do you think? You know, I uh, I was really hoping that they the the Pats uh, would would actually trade to lower to to get something really good. Like I'm, I'm talking a, a either a, a, a like a top notch receiver. Obviously, they need that a little bit. I mean, they 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 bolt up a little bit there, but or or a corner. They did make nine. that trade for Devontae Parker. Yeah, they, you know, we, we talked about that yep. last time, and that 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 definitely is going to help their receiving core for sure. It's just that I was hoping for a little bit more out of the draft, and when it comes to the the Pats draft, you're always scratching your head a little bit because sort of you you have the mindset that in in Belichick we trust, which of course makes sense, but at the same time you question his picks. And I think we all did that again, where they had, you know, a, a pick that they ended up they ended up trading to to move up, which again sometimes doesn't really make a, a ton of sense. But they moved up, um, you know, they traded their pick, and then they got their their guy, the guard. Uh, what's his name? Cole Strange. Yeah, Strange, and uh, and obviously he's well touted and is going to be, um, you know, a, a, a top tier. Offensive lineman, there's no question about that, and obviously that's something that's core in your, in, you know, on your team and in your offense. And so I get it, I get the pick, but at the same time, it just doesn't have that sort of splash that you wanted them to make when it comes to the draft. And when you when you look at what the experts have said um, about the draft, the the Pats have have either gotten like a D plus to a, like a B minus. Sorry, scratching my ear. Uh, yeah, it was like a D plus to a B minus rating when it came, when it came to the draft because even some of the other picks after Strange were a little strange, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean you do want to protect Mac Jones, yeah, but I feel like they put themselves in that predicament because they did have Tate Harris and you had Shaq Mason. You let Tate Harris go and you traded Shaq Mason. Now, rumor has it Shaq Mason wanted some money. 
Bill seen him being in a decline, so he didn't want right. to pay him the money. Yeah. So happens. instead, you trade him. Now you you put yourself in this predicament, and then you got to go draft an offensive lineman, which a lot of people say was way too soon. Cole Strange should not have been a first round pick. Most of the experts were saying that uh, Strange was like a mid second round pick. Ninety nine percent. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the other one percent was a third round. Hey, the the, yeah. uh, the scouting reports on Strange are, are great. Let's face it. He's going to be an impact player right away. So, yeah, be a so, pro I, so, so I get it. Um, but at the same time, it just it, it doesn't help, you know, your needs necessarily when when you're looking at who are the players on the team that really impact the game when it comes to scoring, when it comes to, you know, defending as far as, you know, keeping someone out of the end zone <clears throat> or getting in the end. I mean, ultimately, isn't that it? Like, you want to get in the end zone. How do you do that? Well, you got your quarterback, you got your receivers, you got your running backs. How do you keep someone out of the end zone? Well, you got your, you know, defensive, defensive linemen, you know, defensive linebackers, linebackers defense. And so to pick an offensive lineman with your number one pick after trading to move back in the draft was a little strange. Again, no, no pun, pun intended. Which is funny because you do say, let's get in the end zone. So they did draft the second round. A wide receiver, which fastest yeah. guy in the draft. Yeah. And then the very next round, they draft a running back, which is the fastest running back in the draft. So um which they're is that Matt uh Grow? Grow's a new player personnel guy. Yeah, they're trying to get faster. They're trying to get faster. If you want to get what do you say? If you want to get faster, you draft fast guys. If right. you want to get tougher, you draft tough guys. Right. And again, Strange is supposed to be extremely tough, and let's face it, the Pats have always been tough. And they've had tough guys, and so that that I, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a great player. Don't get me wrong, and but, I, and I agree with them drafting fast players as well because you do need speed in this game, and it's gotten faster a lot faster over the course of the last several years. So Strange is one of the fastest linemen, but why do you need to be fast? First of all, who cares about his forty yard dash? Second of all, I get the receiver. You do need somebody. I, is he is, is he second round pick? I'm not sure about that. But there's a log jam at running back, and you draft two running backs. I don't, I don't understand that one, especially when you have uh, Stevenson, you know, which is a beast. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, you got Damian Harris. I, I just feel like they're – yeah. yeah I don't it, know what you're going to end up doing at running back. And defensive-wise, uh, defensive side of the ball, they didn't do anything. They, right. even got a, they even got another quarterback, Zappy. Right. You which, know what I mean? Which was a little strange again for Oh, jeez. Yeah. Strange again. No yeah, pun intended again. Again. No, but yeah, you're right. I, I didn't really understand some of their draft picks because they didn't need running backs. You're right. Log jam is a good good uh, analogy there. And then they really needed some linebackers and some defensive players. Now, they did obviously get that cornerback. And, two. Uh, yeah. Two cornerbacks. You're right. They're both Jackson, right? Yeah. Both of them are Jackson, I think, is their last names. And they're both uh, a little small. Are they Jackson? Yes. I'm trying to think of... Uh, yeah. Because I might have C.J. Jackson on the on the mind, you know, but I think they're both last names. Either way, their last names are the same. It's just, uh, I yeah. don't know. No, I, I, you definitely need to get younger at corner, but you don't have that big, stout corner, yeah. you know? Well, I just I, – and I think that the offseason this year was way different than last year when they really made a lot of noise with their offseason. Kraft um, don't want to do that again. Yeah, the he's not spending the money. Free agents, and they're like, no, we, we can't spend that kind of money, I guess. You, you got to trade and draft. You know, the salary cap issue is a salary cap issue, but I guess, you know, in, in some ways, it's the is the cap crap. 
you know, you can do some, you know, maneuvering and reworking and get it, you know, get it to where you need to be. But obviously there is a salary cap. So I, you know, I, to, to say that cap is crap completely is just, I don't think that's right. But at the same time, you definitely need to spend money in the patch. We're not in, in the mode of spending money this year. So I, I'm a little disappointed, frankly, in, in what has gone on. But again, as I mentioned earlier in Belichick, we trust. So let's, let's wait and see. What happens, and we're not there yet because obviously some things can can go on here between now and the start of the season. That's right. Kraft chose Belichick over Brady, so let's see what he can do. Yeah. Right. There's still free agency involved. There's still yep. uh, undrafted players that can be signed because a lot of the linemen are undrafted free agents. A lot of people. I mean, um, we, we did get Zappy mm. and look at Julian Edelman. You know what I mean? One of the right. greatest slot receivers we ever had, and he was a quarterback at Kent State. So we'll see what right. happens. Right. So I guess we just got to wait and see how this unfolds. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But we do have two teams in the playoffs right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had a rough start with both of them. And the first one is the Bruins. The Bruins went down two games to none right off the bat, but they finally came back and won one. They so did. What, what's going on? Is it swimming? Yeah. Did, was well, he the, did he turn the tide? What do you think? Well, I definitely think Olmark did not play well in the first couple games. I mean, well, the he first was, game was not his fault. Totally. I, I get it. It's just that, uh, you know, they they ultimately, the, you know, you live, or, live and die by the goalie, and, and he just didn't sort of have it. You need, you need a goalie that's going to steal one for you at some point, and I'm not sure. You know, he has played well down the stretch, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure he's going to play well here. Especially because it just seems like he he hasn't necessarily uh, done well in the in the bright light, you know. In, in the first two games, the Bruins in in general, whether it was their um, offense or defense, did not play well at all. That being said, though, he never started in a playoff game anyway, right? Right. So this so he, this he is may his have, first yeah. bright light, just right. like Swayman. Yeah, Swayman's been in a playoff game, but he never started. Right. So we'll hey, we get to see how it unfolds. Yeah. No. And and I I do think that. The home ice is a big advantage here for whoever you know, whoever, whichever the team is, and and Carolina definitely seemed to have that home ice advantage when they played. They are uh, so was, fast. Yeah, huh? they are. They are, oh. and, and they're talented. And they're young, they're good. They want. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can tell that this is going to be a, a an absolute dogfight for the series. And what what impressed me the most is that the Bruins were on their heels. They could have absolutely been. Devastated by being down 2-0, and they came back with a incredible win last night to to show everybody that this is the team they are, which is they're going to fight until the bitter end here. Kind of feels like last year, though, with Washington, doesn't it? A little bit. You know? Yeah. But it, it was funny because uh, I'll tell you what, Hall is playing well, and Bergeron is playing fantastic. And then you have... Uh, What's his name? The defensive guy we just signed. He he ended up going down with a concussion. Oh no, yeah, as of last game, so he yeah. didn't he didn't play this. Which this is kind of weird, right? Yeah, he, he the second game of the series, he he was hurt and uh, he didn't play last game, which last night, which it, it, I was surprised at how well Boston defended. Do you think him. he's soft? No, not no? at all. That was a, that was a rough. But do, do, you, do you? No, no, that's not what I'm saying though. Uh, because if you look at his minutes, like he doesn't get into majors. He doesn't get any fights whatsoever, especially the defensive guy. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be the hard hitting, the big dude. You know what I mean? You just go after. It. He doesn't get into fights. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything wrong. 
Well, you yeah, know what I mean? No, it, it, no. It's kind of strange for a defensive. I'm the big guy on the ice. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You set the precedence is what I'm saying, I guess. Right. So, and we haven't seen enough of, of uh, Hampus Lin, Lindholm. That's, that's his name. He, um, he came to us late, you know, with the right before the trade deadline, and we were happy to have him because we could really bolster our defensive core. And you're right. He seems, you know, obviously he's been hurt here and there, and I think, you know, he might have even been in a COVID protocol or something like that. I'm not even I'm not even sure. But uh, we needed him to help us defensively. But last night without him, I think the the rest of the team really stepped up to take game three and to show that this series is not going to be something that's going to be easy for for the you know Carolina Hurricanes cuz they uh they are definitely talented and 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 you know you look at them as a formidable <laughs> opponent but yeah they're going to they're not going to go you know the Bruins are not going to go down easy. All right, John, you didn't answer around the question. He's what? out of the game, the Bruins won. Yeah. Do you think he's a little soft? <laughs> I mean, he's a defensive guy, all right? He plays yeah. defense, but he doesn't get in the trenches. Is what I'm saying. No, I, I've seen. I listen. I've seen him get in the trenches. You've seen a little bit. Again, we we have a very small sample of what Lindholm can do. But there's not. A, there's and, a major no, sample no, no, out no. there. There, yeah. And and again, he he is an all around player. He's not the he's not the shutdown defenseman that 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 you would you know necessarily want to have on your team. He's not the the best at offense, but he's like. Perfectly, like even when it comes to, he's not going to be your toughest guy. He's not going to be your, you know, your best offensive weapon. He's not as a defenseman, but he's not going to be your best defensive player. He's going to be an all-around, straight-shooting, big defensive guy. And they needed him, and they and they paid for him, and I was happy that they got him. But yeah, no, you, you if you want more from that, I I, I think you're you're going to miss out because I don't think he's that guy. Because you know, you get spoiled with Char. You know what I mean? Char did it all. Charter was the enforcer. Charter would get in there. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is enforcer. When the shit needed to be locked down, he locked it down. Maybe yeah. his players or the other team, and he's going to hit you. But then he had that nasty slap shot where he could score if you need him to. Yeah. I just don't think Lynn Holmes that type. I, I feel like he's a no, little – if he's going to be your number one defensive guy, I feel like he's a little soft. Well, well let's just – Especially for Boston. Let's just make one thing clear here. He's not your number one defensive guy. Charlie McAvoy is your number one defensive didn't guy. Did he go to he went down one line though, didn't he? No, he 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 Well is, now he's back up to the first line because Lindholm went down. No, no. But they split those lines up. B- because they needed to, but he is your number one defensive uh what is it, Grizzlick moved up? Right, because you had you had to move somebody around and, yeah. and, and they decided to switch the pairings out. And uh McAvoy is one hundred percent your number one guy. Why? Should be. Because again, he's he's not that big, but he's as tough as nails. He's an absolute Bruin, and uh, he will mix it up. He will he will crush you when he needs to. He will be there when he needs to get a little bit more offensive. And he's he's your number one defenseman, point blank. It's Charlie McAvoy's team, one hundred percent. Aside from you know your, your offensive right. Bergeron and so sp- and, and Marchand. All right, and well, like, so speaking of Bergeron, what do you think is going to happen to him at the end of this season? Especially if you go out first round. Yeah, no, I definitely hold on. Yeah, hold on. Is he retiring, or do you think he wants to go back to Canada and finish off his career? No way, he's going to retire as a Bruin. 100%. Don't don't we all think that? Yeah, you know, we thought that with some other players too. You know what I mean? It's up to the team. Yeah, no, obviously, I, you know, I, but I, no, I, I, I think he wants to play, and the team's not offering him enough. 
you think he wants to play in Canada? Uh, I think that he probably wants to stay with Boston. He probably wants to finish his career with Boston, but Boston is not going to offer the money he can get from Canada, which he can justify going to Canada. Meaning what? He's from. Like, who, like Montreal? Well, is it isn't it rumors about Quebec getting another team? Could be. Right? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's where he's from, that side. So, you know, I, I think he grew up as an Nordique fan, to be okay. honest with you. I, I can't. I'm not 100 sure about that. I heard that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I don't know. What do you think? No, I th- I think he's going to retire, Bruin. I mm. think I think the I uh, hope so. the the bees will offer him something. It's, you know, it's a, you never know with these guys. I mean, this is always a crapshoot. Look what happened with Brady. Uh, you know, five years ago, I would have never said, never ever said that Tom Brady would have ever left. You know, the it's the like area. Paul Pierce, but, right? It, it just it, it's gonna yeah it happens different you know, circumstance. It, I mean, look at Ray Bork. You know, Ray Bork was another one. Just that's a Paul Pierce. Well, know. not not Paul Pierce thing because Paul Pierce won his championship, but yeah, Paul Pierce they sacrificed him for draft picks. Absolutely, him and Carnett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Ray Bork, they did as a favor for him to win a championship. So. Right, they sent him to the Avalanche. But that still hurts. It, 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 when you draft a guy and he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. It's like it's so sad to see him go, and that's Every time. Bergeron. Every time, you know what I mean? Yeah, Bergeron can be, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I, I think, think so. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, and it, it's I don't want him to finish his career anywhere else. Nope. Just like Brady. No, nope. you know what I mean? Not and at all. You know, you just don't get those guys anymore. They're so few and far between that it's it's so tough. Because I'm trying to we, think of know, the last one, a Boston team that where, kept where their guy. They drafted they, him, they, Hall of Famer. They kept him on the team, retired. You know everything. Right. Who was yeah. it? Or no, it wasn't Ortiz because he was with Minnesota first. Wolfork. No, because he went to Houston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'd have to think about that one. I mean, we going back to Bird. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just like Jesus. I'm right. trying to think here. I mean, it, no, Veritek won't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he started with Seattle, but he he never played a game for the Mariners. He got traded in the minors. Right, so somebody who just I mean, came, he's up, caliber come, wise, came up, not the offense, but he had spent the, his whole time here. Yeah. I, it's so rare to, Isn't find, it, those, right? to find those guys. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. I, I mean, have to think about that again. Cam Neely got traded here, though, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, he was the same way. Paul Pierce would have been the last yeah. one, I think. Cam Neely and then was, he got traded. Was kind of like Big Poppy. You yeah. know, he had a little bit of a career and. And you know wasn't doing that great. Pedro but then he came here, and then boom, you know Pedro. He ended up going to Manny the Mets. Ramirez, and yeah, Ramirez know. was out. You know, I well, Pedro came from uh, Montreal, right? right, right. And then know? of course Manny came from the Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. Yeah, so it's very tough. Tough. All right. Yeah, I have to stop and think about that one, but I, I can't. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm like, Just is it home, Bird? Homegrown. Yeah, uh, I feel Hall like it has to be on the Red Sox though. God, I don't know. But, yeah. I'm trying to think. But maybe not. I don't know. All right. Anyway, let's dive into uh, the Celtics, speaking of Paul Pierce and Celtics. Wow. You know, we haven't won a championship since Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. And first round, playoffs, in Fuego. Swept the Nets. And just dominated them, right? actually. Yeah. Kevin Durant didn't know what to do. Just, they, they, looked, they looked like they were abysmal. But then, you hit the Bucks. First yeah. game. Yeah. <sighs> Well, Bucks decided to lay it the smack down. You know, you know what I mean? The, well, the Nets just didn't really give us enough to, to, I think, 
so that we were prepared. Well, the Nets the didn't have it. You know yeah. what I mean? But the Bucks are more a complete team. And they, they're Much out. Uh, uh, what's his name there? I can't think of their number two guy. He's out for the series. Right. But they have so many guys that can shoot the three. And that's I mean that's their game. Right so there. if you double team uh the Greek freak. Yeah, the Greek freak. Giannis. 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 Yeah, Giannis. You double team him, it's leaving somebody open. And it doesn't matter who's on that on the court, they're gonna well, shoot a three. Yeah, that's that's basically their 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 game plan every time is just give it to the Greek freak and then let him go down and say, Can I score? By myself, or do I just give it to the open guy for the three pointer? That's their game. So if you hold them under thirty, it seems like you have a chance to win. Absolutely, and, and that's what they've been doing. And now, but just like Lindholm with the Bruins, Marcus Smart was out. Marcus Smart's out. We win. One of your best players. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird, right? Lindholm's out. One of your best players. You win. Marcus yep. Smart's out. You win. So it's kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious what's going on here. It's a good point, which is that, you know, even though you have a good good guy out, can you still step it up and do other guys actually get better? And do other guys get more focused when you know you have to? Like, is that is that a thing when it comes to that kind of level of sports? I think it might be because we've seen it just happen here. Marcus Smarts is out and the, the Celtics win. Uh, Lindholm is out for the bees and the bees win last night and and the bees win pretty pretty handily I mean I know they were down one nothing there but then they came back uh roaring and then they were up four one I know it ended up being four two but I think that that just proves that it doesn't always mean just because one of your good guys is down that you're gonna you're gonna not play well because that that's something that you can actually overcome well, that other guy might bring something that you needed. That right. the other guy, maybe the other guy is holding you back a little bit. Who knows? But maybe, like I was saying with Lindholm, maybe somebody else brings in the thunder that you really need, the toughness that you need, and Lindholm's on doing that. Lindholm's playing his game, and unfortunately for this series, you don't need his type of game. You need something a little more gritty. Because these right. guys are fast, you got to hit them. And maybe Mark is smart. He, he showed himself, all right, I'm a great point guard. He can be a great point guard. He's got a lot of great players around him. He's not taking those big shots anymore. Uh, what was his name? Came in um, the dude that they traded for. He's making some big shots. Grant Williams? No, no, no. But yeah, he's doing fantastic oh, yeah, nice. too. I thought you were talking about. Williams no, I'm trying to think of the guy they traded for. Uh, he's a point guard. Um, I can't. His name's escaping me right now. But the guy's been lights out since Smart's been. Well, no, that's not true. Smart went down. Was the second quarter of the first game or something, or the second game, first game. Where you get the thigh contusion? Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, no, that was the second game. Yeah, what's his name came in? I, I his name is escaping me right now, but he had a shitty quarter, and then the second half he came on. And he did pretty well. Then he had a full game underneath his belt, and fantastic. You know what I mean? So right. So you, we'll see you, what happens when when someone goes down. You got to step up. Maybe you need that next guy. Maybe up he's bringing a little something different. You know, that's next all I'm guy saying. up. That's yeah. that's what it's all about. Just like the Patriots, right? Well, the Pats have started that, and in, in across the other major sports leagues, everyone talks about that next guy up, yep. and that started with the Pats because obviously, with their dynasty, they uh, sort of absolutely coined the phrase when it comes to the next guy. Even up. Castle did a great job when yeah. Brady went down. I know. So I can't believe we missed the playoffs. What was <laughs> 11, it ten wins? Eleven, 11 wins. Eleven yeah. wins. We missed the playoffs. How to does the that Jets. But awful. All right, and that brings us to our final team, and no. probably the worst one amongst them is the Red Sox. Oh, what no. is going on with them? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're in trouble. Um, you know, they actually looked like they were going to do well at the beginning of the year. They were up and down. They went above 500 there for a little bit. Uh, and then they just, over the last, you know, several games, they've been slumping. And so they are absolutely in a, in a slump right now. And it's really they're hitting. I mean, you know, you going into the season, it was talked about that their uh, biggest needs were really pitching, especially bullpen. Um, and, and frankly, it's been their hitting that has not shown up. And you just wonder what is going on. I went to the game on uh, Cinco de Mayo, the May 5th. And it was a great day, beautiful day out. It was a day game. And it uh, couldn't have been any, any nicer being at Fenway Park. And, and that was the uh, – it was just, like, perfect. And the only problem was that the, the Sox just didn't hit at all. So they got uh, smoked by the Angels, 8 nothing. Otani pitched for the Angels and was just lights out. And to see him – I mean, we were on the uh, first base side, kind of like, you know – a few rows off of of the uh, of the dugout, and uh, we, we, so we could really get a good look at how Otani pitches and, and the speed that he comes in with. I mean, he was throwing gas the entire day, 98, 99, A couple times he reached a hundred miles an hour, and he was just blown by guys. And I mean, there was a couple times where we had some some you know men on bases, and we we could have or should have really done something there. And we just didn't get it done. And it was like, uh, you know, okay, you know, there's two on, two outs, and it just it just didn't happen because Otani just seemed like he was just in control the whole game. So that that really was uh, – that was rough. And the Sox are just in need of some really – some offense. I mean, they just need to get their bats going because right now their their pitching isn't that bad at all. I mean, even on the, the 5th of May, I, I we saw uh, uh, Hill pitch, and he was pitching a gem. I think he only had given up a couple hits when he got taken out. And obviously he's a little older, so you don't want to leave him in there too long. But then their bullpen just fell apart. They ended up losing the game 8 nothing. So they need some they need some uh help when it comes to just being able to, you know, get those those timely hits and those timely runs when they have men on men on base. Because they've been leaving way too many men on base. Yeah, and their bullpen is just uh, been. Yeah, what is going on with that? The bullpen. So you ended up going to the game, right? Yeah. And it was fiftieth birthday. Yeah, no, I went for a fiftieth uh, birthday. What was it? Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, and it was. Uh, yeah, John Lapp's fiftieth uh, birthday. We went for uh, got him some tickets. Celebrate his fiftieth. How's he feel being fifty? Oh, he loves it. AARP is is sending him stuff, so that's great. (laughs) (laughs) You you know you're old when AARP sends you some information. Hey, you want to join? And it's like, well, I guess I have to because, you know, the the deal is too good not to. (laughs) Is it? Oh, Oh, you're right there, right? You're going to be right there. You're next. Uh, I'm, I'm close, but not yet. So... No, with the Red Sox. I remember a long time ago. I, I've been to Red Sox games. I don't know if there's still certain bathrooms, but do they still have the trough there? Remember the trough? Oh, I remember the trough very well. And no, they do not have the trough there. Nowhere. None of the bathrooms? No. 
They they redid all the bathrooms. Of course, Fenway was uh, there was talk that they were going to tear it down and build a new a new ballpark somewhere around there. And what could they do? What could they acquire? How that was going to work? Well, the new ballpark was going to go where Fan Pier uh, Fan Pier is, mm. and that's down. Uh, by the uh, financial seaport, right. all that down there. So, unfortunately, right there in the water, yeah, right next to ICA, the art center there. They could have done like oh. what, what happens in San Francisco where the balls awesome. will, will fly out of the stadium and then right. go in the water. Yeah, yeah, people there with canoes and kayaks. Yeah. Right. That would have been great, but no, nah, that didn't happen. But, yeah. yeah, so no troughs anywhere. And the reason why I bring this up, so we had uh, – a person reached out to us, Todd Shivin. He's an author of uh, several books. And you know me. I'm not a big reader. And when I know you yep. as an author, as a writer, that's pretty pretty good. And, you know, I, I knew who he was. And the most importantly, how I know who he was is he did write a book about the Hoyts. Oh, you know, nice. Rick Hoyt. Remember yeah. Hoyt said uh, the dad would push the son, Rick, oh, yeah. during the Boston Marathon. Every, He's quadriplegic, every time. right? And that was, uh, the book was one letter at a time. And they have this, I work at Logan Airport, and they had this, um, uh, uh, not a memorial, but it was a a dedication type of thing and uh, about the dad. Right. And I remember seeing something about uh, Mrs. Shivin's name on there. Oh, and nice. the book that he wrote, yeah, that book cover was there, you know, and I, I had to check it out at that point because that, that type of stuff interests me, especially as a writer. You're going to take your time. You're going to write about these people and bring them to the forefront because other than Massachusetts or in the runner's world, I don't know, think right. you're going to know who these people are. The Hoyt, right. I could be way off, but, you know. No, they're very well they're very well known, but you're right. It's more of a local kind of a story. And then you had the, the, the college hockey player, uh, Matt Brown. He's the one that got paralyzed during hockey game. He wrote about that, you know, which I, right. which is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, I see this basically in our, uh, an adult cartoon book. It's right. like a Dr. Seuss book for adults. Yeah. And he wrote about the trough at Fenway. I remember you know the what trough. I mean? I remember the trough, and, yeah. And, and that caught my eye. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because uh, I remember as a kid, and just so everybody knows, the title is the title of this book is an endless stream of stories forever leak from Fenway's fame trough, and Mister Todd Shivin obviously wrote the book. Bob Bell does the audio, yeah. But consultants on this book are Lenny Clark and his brother. You know what I mean? Right. So which, which is, Lenny's a famous comedian around here, right? You know, he's been on he's TV. He's a local you know? famous comedian, right? So, which is fantastic. And, and of course, that's going to catch your eye. Yeah. So, you read this book, and it's hysterical. I, I thought it was funny. It, you know, you have the small things I actually get me. You know yeah. what I mean? You have the you have these people that wear jerseys. They're sitting by the trough, and they get these weird names on the back of the jerseys that go along with the book. I thought that was fantastic. The small stories. I don't want to give it away. But I remember as a kid. All right. I'm like, uh, Dad, I got to pee. Yeah. So he, he kind of giggles. Me right? too. So I go down. I get to go to the bathroom, and we go in the bathroom, and uh, you kind of find your spot in the trough. Now this, a trough is just this big, long metal trough, like a horse would drink out of, and it's up against the wall, and it's got a couple drains on each end, maybe one in the middle. And I remember you have to go there, 
as a kid, you got to stand there, pull out your little yin-yang, right? And you stand there and you look side to side and all you see is everyone else. Everybody else's <laughs> packages hanging out. All right, you can barely get yours out of your pants, and these things are hanging well, down. When you were a kid, little kid, you're like barely over the side of the, of the trough. So you're horrified? Yeah, a little bit. So you go pee, whatever, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, these guys are peeing, and they're done, and they're, you know, you get a shake. Well, they shake, where's it get? It gets on your forehead, on oh, the tip God. of your nose or something, you know, because you're so low down, eh? you know, it's like, oh my God, what the hell? You just shook your piss on me. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, you're horrified as a kid. Can't believe you that that's I mean? it's, it's, like, a, it's like a crazy experience to to have when you're that small. Yeah, and then you know you stop, you stop and you think about it. And I thought it was now as an adult, I think it's the funniest thing in the world, and I think every yeah. kid should have to go through it. But it, then you see this book, and you just can't help but laugh reading this book. It's like, oh my god, that brings back so many different memories. It does. It, Dude, what, do, what do you got? You got to do the trough? Oh my god, I, I I remember some Yankee games, especially. When I was uh, when I was a kid and some crazy, you know, crazy because again, go back to the to the late seventies, early eighties, you know, when I was a kid going to the Fenway for some of those Sox Yanks games, and uh, people were crazy. I mean, you, you know what's crazy now, right? Of course, you see crazy now, but the the amount of security they have at stadiums is so much more than back then. There was so much more going on back then, and it was so much tougher to go to a game and and be a little kid and not not experience some some stuff that you know and guess what when it comes to coming of age you know you read books and you know what the coming of age is you know when you sort of you go from a kid to an adult and and going through that going to Fenway Park and experiencing the trough is like a coming of age moment for a kid and that's what I remember because I was like holy shit I have to sit here with a bunch of other dudes and then you know, take a piss right here with a trough. Like, what is what is a trough? Holy shit! I can't believe that that actually existed. No privacy. And it's funny. I mean, Fenway's probably the most famous for it. But you yeah. go to Gillette, same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not Gillette, but back then it wasn't Gillette. Sullivan Stadium. Sullivan Stadium. Yeah. I mean, the same thing it was a trough. You know what yeah. I mean? But Fenway. I mean, that's those were memories happen. And I don't know. And, and for some reason, Fenway was more rat. Well, I don't know. Sullivan Stadium was rowdy, but Fenway had a different aura to it. You, you know, know what I mean? The bleachers in Fenway were Bleacher crazy, creatures, crazy yeah. that back then. And I mean, honestly, the Fenway. Think about how old it is. Think about the original building of Fenway and how how old the trough was. And so, the stench was something that you really couldn't even describe. Because everybody is pissing in the same freaking place. I mean, how how disgusting can that actually be in the smell? Like, you can't describe the smell that was coming from that fucking trough. That, that's funny because it, there is a picture in this book it, that describes it. It's so funny. I don't want to give nothing away. And we, uh, you know, uh, just so you know, John, Mr. Shivin and I, Got together, yeah. And I, I, if everything goes right, he's gonna be our guest on the next podcast. Really? And we're gonna talk about this book. We're gonna get him here. Yes, yes in person. That's great. And I want to talk to him. I wonder how this book evolved, how it came to yeah. be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's gonna be amazing. What were the thought process was on this book? Right. And, and 
where did the people, the people that were involved in this book, where, how'd you get them? You know what I mean? Because, yep. you know, the person that does the audio version of this book is Bob Lobel. Remember yep. Bob Lobel as uh, a kid? Of course. Yeah. Hey, you know, the uh, sports on, guy. The sports guy's on the news. Yeah. The local news channel, the sports guy. And it, it, his voice is one of a kind. So it, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, I'm racking my brain, trying to figure out how this whole thing came to be, how this whole project evolved. I think it's a great project. It's though. actually interesting. You know yeah, what I mean? Because on, honestly, I remember that very vividly as a kid going to Fenway, my first time walking up to the trough. It made total sense to me, and I and I did read the book just like you did, and I thought everything was so funny. It just brought back so many memories, and uh, you know, it's just it's it's your childhood. It's who you are. It's it's how you came to be. And again, as a kid, there are so many people in this area who sort of came to that moment when that coming of age moment happened when they went to Fenway and then they had to piss in the trough. So on that note, John, uh, because, it, you know, I want to just talk about the book. And I don't want to give anything away until I focus on when Mr. Shivens here, because I really. Yeah. No, no, it's going to be great for him to, to, to be in the podcast. And I don't want, I don't want to keep saying Mr. Shivens because I, I did say that during one of our, our messages communicating. He goes, call me Todd. He didn't say, please call <laughs> yeah. me Todd. He didn't say anything like that. No, call, me call me Todd. So I'm like, oh boy. So yeah. Todd. Hopefully next week. It's going to be showtime, and we get to talk about this book, because I really want to know how it unfolds. Yeah, let's, let's dive into this book, because this book is so funny. Yeah. So, got anything to add, John? Well, I just want to say uh, thanks for listening to uh, all of our listeners out there, and I can't wait to get back in, and, and hopefully the three amigos with Todd will be back very shortly. Yes. So, on that note, we are out. Thank you very much for listening. We are going to be back next week, and I really hope everything works out. But just like they always say, John, everything gets better the older you get. Unless you're a banana. Bananas don't get better when they get older, John. No, they don't. All right. All right. Booyah. We'll talk to you later. Never stop getting it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast. And join the community on Facebook. Never Stop Getting It and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It and of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com.